I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hour number three, final hour of the week. 14 hours up, 14 hours down. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as you have been all week long. We also want to extend a special happy Father's Day as we finish off the show today to Buck's dad, to my dad, to all of the dads, granddads, and people fulfilling the role of father who may not be actual fathers helping to raise boys and girls out there across the country. Uh, We appreciate all that you do. We hope that you and your families and loved ones have a phenomenal weekend and an honor of Father's Day coming up this Sunday. We have a special interview that's up. Uh, I did earlier this week with Alec Lace of the First Class Fatherhood podcast up right now at clayandbuck.com. And we also have, you may have heard us last week uh, talking to Coach Bill. Uh, we also have a Father's Day message from him. He was with us last week. He has a new podcast, An Army of Normal Folks, that you can find on the iHeartRadio app. That is all up at clayandbuck.com. We would always encourage you, go sign up for the podcast. It is a holiday season. A lot of kids graduating from school, grandkids. It is a time to be on the road. You can go grab, download the iHeartRadio app. And if you do, you can listen to this show anywhere. You can also go subscribe to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show podcast. Lots of awesome things that are unique that you can consume there. We would encourage all of you to go do that. All right. Talked about a variety of different uh, topics so far, Buck. And one of the, I, I think, real stories that is emerging of 2023 is consumers are fed up with how woke many different brands have become, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's Target, uh, there are people who are mad at Fox News uh, over Tucker. Uh, there certainly, I think, has been a big pushback that has been going on for years against, for instance, the NBA. Um, and now I believe, Buck, you are starting to see, we've seen the Ron DeSantis versus Disney battle. And I think you're starting to see, and we've talked about this with the Axios data, which has reflected that Disney has not been well served by its company deciding to wade into the political arena. And we've been talking about this on this program, I would say, Buck, for a couple of years. And people say, okay, well, where can you see that happening? Well, for one thing, Disney stock is basically the same price that it was nine years ago. In other words, if you bought stock in Disney nine years ago, and maybe a lot of you did, it's an S&P 500 stock, it's typically a big you know, reliable stock that you could buy. Stock hasn't moved in nine years. And right now they've got a new movie coming out. Buck, you and I kind of joked about this. The Super Mario Brother movie, my kids went and saw it. It set all-time animation records. 
Uh, I never would have anticipated. If you had told me, hey, Clay, you can put some money down, do you think the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to be wildly popular and dominate at the box office? I would have laughed at you. Would you have agreed with me that you would not have been optimistic that this this movie was going to take off? Uh, well, Super well, the Super Mario Brothers would or this movie Elemental that we're about to no, talk no, about? No, no, no. The Super Mario Brothers in the first place. This is, it is dominated, right? So yeah. I would not have expected it to be the wild success so, that it has. Super Mario Brothers is an incredible franchise over the duration of, you know, the, the idea since Nintendo came up with it back in, uh, what, the 80s? Yeah. So it's, it's one of the earliest mega hit video games. So, and there've been, and then there's the, um, some people occasionally in college maybe got a little drunk and played the one where you're in the go-karts. You know what I'm Mario talking about? Kart. The, Mario yeah. Kart. Thank you. That yeah. was a huge hit on, on Nintendo 64. So it, it's been a very durable thing for a long time. The Super Mario movie with Bob Hoskins from the early 90s Disaster. was a massive, I think it actually for a while was in that list of one of the biggest, you know, 20 or 50 box office bombs yep. of all time. But in, 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 in a well-executed animated Super Mario, that doesn't surprise me that it did very well. It doesn't surprise um, you that it's one of the three or four highest grossing animated movies of all time, because that's where it is. That's how well it did. Okay, no, that that does that yeah. surprises me. Like that, it made a lot of money. I don't find surprising at all. But yeah. that it's a top five all time animated because you're now you're talking about you're putting it up against you know uh, Aladdin and The Lion King and Beauty and the yep. Beast and Sleeping Beauty and you know and the seven what Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But can I just so you mentioned this to me? I don't I don't have kids yet. Yeah. So um, I'm not up on what's coming out in theater for Disney. You you are much more up on this than I am. So you told me about this film Elemental. And and I'll just tell you, I wish there was a way that I could like place like Vegas bets on these things beforehand. Maybe there is. I got to figure this out. This has a two hundred million dollar budget. Everybody, okay? Yeah. I googled this right in the commercial break. I was curious. Here's the plot according to Wikipedia of this new Disney movie: Bernie and Cinder, Bernie and Cinder Lumen immigrate to Element City by ship. They face early struggles as they are met with xenophobic views about fire by other elements, but eventually carve out their place in the city. After the birth of Ember, they build their own convenience store, which became the fireplace, and it goes on. This sounds like the worst thing that maybe has ever been put in front of mass audience in in living memory. I mean, this sounds like the most boring crappy bizarre plot i even look at the the poster of this and i'm like what are they even trying to do they spent 200 million dollars on this who is the clown in their corporate c-suite who was like you know what's a great idea let's make a movie about like uh wind and fire and earth or something this is crazy you know it's it's a good point buck and i think this ties in with the bud light argument in this way you know the guy? I loved Pixar movies. Let me be clear. Like, I'm not one of those people out there. I've got three kids. I've gone and seen all these different Pixar movies. You guys out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, and I'm, I'm a pretty good knowledge on this because, because I was impressed by his, uh, by his stewardship and by his, frankly, ability to make really good movies for adults and kids. John Lasseter was the guy who was in charge of Pixar. When they created hit after hit after hit. Remember, Steve Jobs initially had a big stake in Pixar. They sold it to Disney. John Lasseter was, I think, as close to a modern-day Walt Disney in terms of his record of successes for Disney and animated films as there have has been since Disney died. They forced John Lasseter out, Buck over some really mediocre Me Too allegations, right? He hugged people too long. He made some people uncomfortable. They kicked him to the curb. Since they fired him, Disney animation through Pixar has fallen completely apart. And the reason why I bring this up is there's data out there. So, by the way, the Super Mario Brother made over Brothers movie has made over a billion dollars, Buck. A billion dollars. It is Did one of the it? most successful. No, I, my kids have. I have not seen it. But my understanding is it's totally not woke, right? It's just the story of the Mario Brothers uh, movie in general. Um, it, 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 my point on this is some people would say, well, 
The movies haven't done that well. I think it's the opposite. I think there's a desperate demand for really good movies that parents can take their kids to. I think the theaters are back up and running everything else. So this new movie, and I got to admit, your plot synopsis of (laughs) Elemental sounds awful. They just opened it. And the last one that they had that Pixar released, Buck, do you remember this? Lightyear was like a woke disaster. It was a spinoff of Toy Story. The Toy Story movie's pretty fantastic. Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. They didn't let, to my knowledge, uh, they tried to force out, uh, who was the guy who was the voice of, uh, of Buzz Lightyear? Tim Allen. Because Tim Allen was not woke enough. He's actually a Republican. And so they tried to do the Lightyear movie, I believe, without Tim Allen's involvement. It was an unmitigated disaster. Nobody went and saw it. It was a mess. This new Elemental movie is actually trending to perform worse than Lightyear. Okay? Disney's got a major issue here. And I think there are a lot of parents and grandparents listening to us right now that are saying the Disney of our youth, we're done with it. They deride it as woke Disney. And I think you're starting to see it. Not only in the poor choices, you may be correct. This may just be a really bad sign-off by corporate to make this movie. It may be a, a horribly awful um, uh, movie in that respect. Nobody's going to see it. And it's not just that they're not going to see it. It's that a movie like Super Mario Brothers comes out and makes a billion dollars. That used to be the province of Disney, and now they have totally lost their way. And I think it's directly connected to feuding with Ron DeSantis. They they just had their CFO, who had been with the company for over 20 years, resign. They're not getting as many people to sign up for Disney Plus, their streaming service. I think all of these body blows, going all the way back, remember when they fired Gina Carano, Buck, from The Mandalorian because they didn't like what she had posted on Instagram? Disney fired Roseanne Barr. Meanwhile, they're out there arguing for the wokest interpretations of American history ever. I think that now these body blows are landing, and a lot of parents are saying, yeah, I'm going to choose not to spend my dollars with these new Disney animated films. I don't trust that they're going to deliver good, wholesome family entertainment like I have decided uh, in the past were synonymous with the Disney brand. And this goes to me with the Mike Pence thing, too. When your brand is one thing and you deliver something different, that's when people repudiate you. Bud Light, Target, Disney, the NBA, I think you are seeing brands lose their way and get massacred in the marketplace over it. Yeah, so Clay is not going to be going this weekend to see the trials and tribulations of Bernie and Cinder Lumen in Element City (laughs) and the xenophobia that they face from the other elements. I I, I don't even... Imagine you're a kid and you're trying to watch this. You're like, what is this all about? Um, So the anthropomorphic elements of nature is what they decided to go with. There's also, you know... (sighs) There's there's such great stuff out there for young. I mean, I remember growing up, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Uh, people will say uh, C.S. Lewis and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and it draws from themes that are deep in our culture in the West. Um, of how about uh, Harry speak, Potter? Even of, more of, recently, of That's Christianity. Not an awful one well, I'm trying to talk about something else. Well, you're talking about that pagan nonsense. But yes, <laughs> like Harry Potter. No, I, I'm not. Yes, it's not that bad. Harry Potter. I mean, it's. It's pagan, but that's okay. The point is, that draws on deep themes of... I mean, look, she's a billionaire and I'm not, so she knows something that I don't, apparently. Um, she does know that women are women and men are men. To her which credit. Give J.K. Rowling tremendous credit on that one. But there, there's something... There's an effort to not only, uh, in our culture now, create a radical equality of sameness among everyone, um, but also... I, I think that to se- to separate us out from the beautiful, the aspirational, the the Christian or Judeo Christian, the, the the you know the sort of glory of the American experiment. I mean, they're just they're just tearing everything down. It's like they're trying to make our culture into this formless, tasteless gruel, this slop 
that is just served out to everybody. We're supposed to say, oh, thank you, because I guess we all have the same stuff, and at least we're all the same, and there's no hierarchy, and we're all, you know, and, and this is, it's communist. I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a communist base underneath all of this. And if you go back, which we don't, because the amount of study that kids do in school of the Soviet Union in history class is, I, I know I sound maybe like a little bit of a crazy person here. It is not an accident that kids are wildly ignorant, even from very good schools. I could sit down and talk to most kids who are, you know, in the middle of their Harvard education. Explain to me what life was like really in the Soviet Union. Yeah, they'll know a little. They'll be like, oh, the Warsaw Pact, and they'll know a couple things here and there. They have no understanding of the underlying foundation, no understanding of what society was like. Won't know, for example, what a huge child care system the Soviets wanted to have in place. Why? Because the women and the men were both workers. They were the property of the state. Had to get them into the factories as quickly as possible, right? But the sameness, the gruel slop of our culture... I also see it with, you know, the, you know, you're not allowed to have beautiful models anymore. You're not allowed to have beautiful artwork anymore. You're not allowed to have beautiful aspirational movies anymore. It's just all trash, man. It's all trash. And the fact that they're doing it to our kids, too, is no accident. Man, was that old man butt coming out strong <laughs> on us? I'm I just, this is how I see it. I'm just saying. On Friday, uh, uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, when we when we come back, uh, we'll continue to break this down uh, for everybody, uh, the gruel slop of our culture and more, um, as Allie just texted me. Uh, look, I'm doing uh, something pretty special this weekend, early next week. I'm in Cooperstown, New York. Um, I'll have a lot of video on my iPhone of my 12-year-old playing Little League Baseball. Uh, some great memories going to be had for sure. 30 years ago, if I were the dad running around at the Little League Park, I would have had a video cam, uh, you know, right on my shoulder, changing out tapes. And if you were part of that video camera generation, you know what? Those cassettes, some of the greatest memories of your life, some of the history of your family, you know, they aren't made to last that long. In fact, they deteriorate. You may not even have a VCR anywhere in your family household, and you may not even be able to watch those tapes. Don't you want to preserve those memories forever? Legacy Box is the company you can rely on to digitally transfer what's on your tapes into digital files so you can easily watch your family's great memories from a computer, smart TV, phone. They transfer each tape by hand, one by one, putting as much care into the process as you would. And this will take less than a month. You get everything back, digital files. DVDs. Heck, you can get all three if you'd like. Right now, Legacy Box has reduced that price to just $9 per videotape if you act now. 70% off their regular prices. Maybe you're sitting around like, man, I got no idea what to get, Dad. How about this? Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay to shop their $9 tape sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Preserve your family's memories forever and unlock this incredible offer at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons, one, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back in. Play Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, Hope all of you are having a fantastic time. Let's have some fun. Close out the final half hour of the program, 800-282-2882. We'll take some of your calls. Uh, You can react to what has been, I think it's fair to say, a fun ride of a week, lots of different subjects, lots of different activities. And, Buck, you, as an esteemed former soccer coach, mm. last night, late, it was a late-night game. I watched some of this. The U.S. played Mexico. U.S. wins 3 nothing. Christian Pulisic gets two goals. But the story, and I didn't. I went to bed before this happened. I woke up and saw this as soon as it happened. I don't even know if you're familiar with this, Buck. Mexico has a chant that has been described and determined to be anti-gay. Now, some of you may be Spanish language experts because my feed immediately blew up with all these people who were saying, "Hey, I'm Hispanic. It's not anti-gay. It's a. It's. It doesn't. It's not a gay slur." But FIFA has determined that this is a gay slur, and Buck, they ended the game. Because they warned the crowd. This game was played, I believe, in Las Vegas. There were lots of Mexican soccer fans there. They warned the Mexican fans, if you continue with this chant, there will be consequences. They ended the game because they said this chant continued, and that's unacceptable. Now, the U.S. won, and... uh I, I put up on Twitter because I was curious. We got a couple of different things that are that are out there circulating right now on Twitter. One was whether uh, we were going to have a uh, Joe Biden's going to run or not, and that, by the way, seems to be basically fifty three percent of you said no. You don't think Joe Biden's going to run? That's fifty four percent now. Uh, I put that poll up when we started the show, but I asked, "Do you believe games should be stopped based on what fans chant?" 94% of you said no. Buck, what do you think about this? You coached soccer back in the day. You played soccer. Are you familiar with this thing that FIFA is doing where they're stopping games based on what fans chant? And what do you think about the idea that they did it during what's a pretty big rivalry game last night between the U.S. and Mexico? I, I can't imagine arguing for for ending a game based on, on, a fan, on fan chants just because... Um, there are people at home who are watching. There are people who are paying to be in those seats yeah. who aren't chanting. I mean, it's it's the, really the definition of collective punishment in some ways. I know that in the, some of the European leagues, because there's really racist stuff, actual that goes racist like behavior. actual yes. really racist stuff that that happens with the crowds at some of those games. Some of the hooligans for various uh, these various uh, club teams will. You know, do very bad, very racist stuff uh, when some of the, against some of the against some of the black players. Um, that's what has happened there, and they'll even they'll even play games with empty stadiums so yeah. that the, the teams can still play and there's still the televised audience can watch, but there are no fans allowed. It's it's almost eerie. It's weird when you see these games. They'll do it sometimes. I, I just feel like, first of all, why are you empowering very you know? very childish, stupid people to ruin an experience for every everybody else. I, I don't know. I, that That's the part of it for me that just feels like... Also, I don't know. Part of this is too, like, I don't know what the chant is in Spanish, so I'm, I'm going to fly in a little blind here. You know, is it really... The stuff in Europe, I will say, that I'm aware of is very racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, actual... Like throwing bananas at yes. uh, black players, like yes. super racist, super acts. racist Mon- monkey cheers when like black players are involved, which goes to the point. I've been making this argument. I think you probably would agree. 
I think America is actually the least racist country probably in the history of the world. I've been, so this whole I've been making this argument this for the on. better part yes. of, a, of a, you know, over a decade now. Where I'm like, anyone with any familiarity with the rest of the world, including like th- there's race, there's racism in India based on skin color yes. among different people who live in the subcontinent. Like there's racism all Everywhere. over the world. I mean, the Middle East, you come across racism in the Middle East regularly. Just people will say things. You go, wait, wait, did that guy just say that? True racism. So, yes, America is far less racist than, uh, than you know, has far less of a racism problem than pretty much all of the rest of the world. So, I, I, I but, I, you know, what, what do you say to the people? What do you say to the father who brought his son to the game? And, you know, maybe he was saving up for a couple of weeks and he brought his son to the U.S.-Mexico game. Now, they ended this one. This is a little different, right? They ended this like a minute or two early. So that's a little bit of a... Correct. That's not a big deal. And the U.S. So, had won, so it was three. It wasn't like it was in the, like, right. the, it didn't the margin determine anything. who was going to win. So I, I can't... This isn't a big deal regardless in terms of what it did to the game or the viewing experience. Um, but ending it early, you know, in this regard, it, it I just feel like it empowers the worst elements of that audience to... And assuming that it's even, I don't know what the chant is. So I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm like, is it, is this borderline or is it really grotesque? I assume it's pretty bad, but I have no idea. I do not know, no habla espanol over here. I don't know any Spanish. My understanding is when the goalie kicks, they basically call him a, an insult, but that the, again, I'm not an expert in Spanish at all. But the people who are reaching out to me after I was writing and talking about this this morning uh, were all saying it's basically the equivalent of calling a man a bitch, right? Like, so it's an insult on his masculinity, but it isn't calling him gay, right? And I'm not, again, so I'm not an expert in Mexican slang in- or by any stretch of the imagination. So this is what I have been told. Um, but it is interesting to me that we've created a world where... The words of fans can lead to people not playing a sport, right? The context of empowering words to such an extent. You know, I'm old school, Buck, and I bet you were raised the same way with the whole sticks and stones may hurt you, you know, by break your bones, but words will never hurt you. I specifically was taught that as a kid. Do we teach kids that anymore? Because it seems like we teach them words are the worst thing that someone could do to you. And that seems to me to be entirely the wrong lesson. And this, to me, is connected to that where what are we doing here? And I'll also point this out, Buck. The sports media, which loves to denigrate American fans all the time, they're really quiet when it comes to criticizing Hispanic people who would be behaving in this way. Wasn't there also a, a U.S. Mexico game not that long ago where they were like, they were throwing batteries at the American players and urine? And, you know, what was it? and, 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 and bottles urine. of urine? Yeah, they yeah. they act they act horribly Horrible. at some of these yes. games. And you know you would think that you know Mexican national team players would come forward and say you know this is this undermines the beauty of our game and this isn't what we're about and sportsmanship. I don't know if that even happens or not. But if that kind of stuff happened in America, it would be treated like a five-alarm fire in the sports world, especially if the U.S. team, which is not that it matters, but it's a very, very diverse team, right? So, but it would still be America doing something against some other country, and they would assume that there was some, that there was some rate. Like, if the U.S. team mistreated the Mexican team, they would say it's, or U.S. fans, they would say it's racist, even though the team and the fans are very diverse. No, Buck, it's, you're, you're hitting on it without even knowing that it happened. There were a couple of NBA games where guys threw water bottles at players, you know, like, like bottled water. They were angry at it. They arrested those players. They said, Oh, this is an example of racism. This is unacceptable. Sports media lost their minds. Same thing happened in a soccer match where if I, to the best of my knowledge, American players were legitimately getting pelted. Yes. And, I mean, they were just raining down everywhere. No one says a word about it. So, I'm curious. 800-282-2882. I bet, Buck, we have some Mexican-Hispanic soccer fans who were out there that could illuminate this issue listening to us right now um, and let us know. But, But based on what I'm hearing, I just think the precedent of 
we're going to stop a match because we don't like something that's being said in the audience is totally wrong and an example of allowing this woke virus to take over sports, too. It's almost like the definition of a heckler's veto, but it's the mob heckler's veto. Yeah. Right? You're just going to shout it down and ruin it for everybody. Yeah. It's a really fascinating question, I think. And again, it happened last night, which is why I'm bringing it up uh, late last night in what is the U.S.'s biggest rivalry, soccer, against Mexico. We kicked their ass, by the way. And Christian Pulisic, like I said, scored two goals. We'll take some of your calls. We'll close out the show. I just thought it was an interesting story with a little bit of a uh, not typical uh, sort of situation, right? Because usually uh, the left wing in this country, oh, Hispanic immigrants could do no wrong. I bet there were a lot of Hispanic immigrants involved in this crowd as well as Mexican nationals. And I'm just curious what the thought is uh, out there for people who may know more about this. Mark, it's been brutal. Everybody's talking about inflation. It's everywhere. Buck and I recently connected with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified's Patriot. Loves our military, gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They have brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit Rad Diversified, R-A-D-Diversified.com to connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome back to Clay and Buck, my friends. We're closing up shop today and uh, want to make sure that you know you can listen to our show on demand. If you missed any part of it or missed any day this week, the iHeartRadio app. You should all have it downloaded to your, your smartphone. That's a great app to have. You can listen to us on demand and also other podcasts. We do the Sunday Hang will be in there. Clay's massively wrong take on walking <laughs> uh, on inclined treadmills. We'll have that feud available for your listening if you missed it. That's in the uh, that'll be in the Sunday Hang. Um, you know, we usually if there's like some kind of an an animal uh, attacks story, things like that, go in the Sunday Hang. But you got to subscribe. Please subscribe to Clay and uh, Buck. I'm sorry, the iHeartRadio app and the Clay and Buck show on it. Um, we have a bunch of calls, which we wanted to get to here. Um, we have, uh, is Paul in Houston still with us? Here? I'm here. Yes, sir, Paul. What's going on? So, actually, I have two things. First, on the soccer thing, my wife's from Honduras. We were watching the game last night, and what they were saying was the male version of what you referred to as a, as a B word. Um, I actually went on my honeymoon in Mexico, and I was carrying my wife's bags, and all the little boys were calling me that because I was carrying her bags. And they're men. So it's not a direct, it's not a direct anti-gay slur. That's what I was told. It's basically like calling a man a bitch. It's not like, hey, you're a super yeah. masculine guy, and that's a perfect example. Like you were basically carrying your wife's purse, and the little boys yeah. were running around like taunting you, which is funny but like you can see yeah. uh it would be equal opportunity regardless of your sexuality i guess is the way that that would be uh deployed exactly they weren't referring to me as being gay or anything like that it was just a, a phrase that they use when a man does something that a woman or something would would do all yeah. right well thank you for uh, for clarifying that's what i was and... told buck yeah um so now we have you you know there there are, there are a bunch of words that you used to use in the context of someone being wimpy that you're yeah. really not allowed to use anymore sometimes because there's a there's a they say an implied anti-gay connotation to the word now there's a lot of different words we could be thinking of here but there's also a little bit of there's with some of the words there's a dispute as to well, is that is there really an anti gay connotation or are people just imputing that or you know or is that implied by some people but not by others based on the context look there are 
beastly gay dudes, right? Gay dudes who could beat everybody's ass. So when you call and, and, you know, like you can think, for instance, words that are related to genitals that are considered insults. Like you can call a man a, this is not the word, but a penis head. You guys know what I'm talking about here. And people aren't like, oh, that's super sexist, right? Like, it's like, no, that's just kind of a, a, a negative connotation for a guy. And there are certainly those for women, too. I just, the whole idea of policing language, like the number of times you see now people in trouble uh, and also, for what the they anti, say, Anti-female, by the way, the, that's the other one I was thinking. You know, there's a word yeah. that we all know that if someone's being wimpy, you might yeah. use. And people say, well, it's anti-female. Or, well, I mean... What word? I guess you could call someone cowardly. You're allowed to say cowardly or wimpy. Those are the words you're allowed to use now. Uh, by the way, Jim in Columbia wants to weigh in. Columbia, Tennessee, fantastic uh, town south of Nashville. Jim, what you got for us? No, I just thought I'd weigh in on the... Oh, I just heard uh, as far as the incline walking. I guess Bud Light is trying to rehab their image. Evidently, they've teamed up with Peloton, who has designed a treadmill specifically designed for incline walking. And with every sale of every unit, you get a six-month supply of Bud Light and a pair of yoga pants. <laughs> I think he's taking a shot at you, Buck. I, I think he is. Apparently, he has a surveillance camera into the Sexton living room because we love our Peloton treadmill and our yoga pants. You have a Peloton treadmill no. in your... Oh, I thought you did. I'm kidding, too. I, I was like, where did you put it? I was just... I visited your apartment recently. It didn't seem like yeah. you had... We have a Peloton. We have a bike. I don't have the treadmill. My wife is obsessed. Remember, Buck... When they had that video that came out and the guy bought his wife a Peloton for Christmas and everybody decided that was super sexist and he was an awful, you know, like horrible person. <laughs> and then COVID happened and nobody could get Pelotons. And people were like, actually, that boyfriend who got his wife the Peloton was actually amazing. I had a friend. I had a friend who got a lady a uh, one of those like step counter kind of watch things or whatever. I, this was not, but this was not me. This was not me to be clear. This was some time ago. It was not well received by his lady friend. <laughs> she, you did, know, she did not like the fitness implement gift at, uh, you know, on the birthday. I can just tell you that. You know, I, I, it was funny about that Peloton thing that went viral was, you know, like man gets his wife a Peloton or girlfriend or whatever it was for the holidays. And it's like, Oh, you awful brute. You misogynist. You know what I got, Laura? That year for uh, for Christmas, Peloton bike. She wanted it. She wanted. It. I, and my wife was so fired up like about that too. Two or three grand. It's expensive. oh, it was a great. It was a great gift. And the thing is, a lot of moms out there love having like a Peloton bike or a treadmill or something in the house if you have the space for it, because it can be hard to find the time to get to the gym, and maybe you got a young kid and it's hard to get them out of the house and everything else. It, I thought it was an incredible gift. And so uh, it was. And, uh, you know, there you go. Sometimes you can make a gift uh, decision that ends up being great, especially in the wake of COVID. But you should still never walk on an incline treadmill. That's the wild uh, direction clear, this show went. When, when Clay is asked, did you order the Peloton? He's like, you're gosh darn right I did. He does not back away from the Peloton <laughs> one bit. Thank you all for hanging with us. Uh, please have a great restful weekend. Check out our podcast, the Clay and Buck podcast. Subscribe to it. We'll all talk to you on Monday. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-GOLD. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe, you may have heard James Carville as we went to break there. And Buck, I think he hit on a direct truth. And I know he gives credit to Vivek Ramaswamy for raising this issue associated with pardoning uh, Donald Trump and making it uh, a big part of the discussion. But over a month ago, you and I started talking about it on this program, which is where I think Vivek and his uh, advisors got this. And I give him credit. I mean, you don't copyright ideas. If there are good ideas, they should be shared widely. In fact, regularly on this program, we will address the fact that we have a lot of Senate and uh, c- congressional members themselves who listen, governors and their staff, certainly, and say, hey, this is a good talking point. This should be shared. I think James Carville's 100 percent right. And I've been making this argument for some time. I think every Republican candidate should be saying, I will pardon Donald Trump in the event that I win the presidency and take the oath of office in January of 2025. Now, you may be out there saying, well, Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. It doesn't matter. I get it. Okay, that's fine. If Trump is the nominee, I think everybody and wins the presidency. I think everybody out there acknowledges, Buck, Trump will pardon himself. This is not a moment of uh, of dispute. But if you, to me, are attempting, and this is what we got into with Mike Pence in a big debate that's ricocheted all over the entire media ecosystem this week, what we got into a, a real contentious discussion with Mike Pence about was this. To me, you have to stand on principle and refuse to allow Democrats to put Donald Trump in handcuffs and put him in prison for the rest of his lives if that situation arise, arises. And the fact that you would not say that is, I think, a reason why many of you out there would make the choice not to vote for people like this. There was a time when Ford uh, pardoned Nixon, and yep. it was widely understood to be... And, and Nixon had he admitted he had done some things he shouldn't have done, uh, but that was considered healing and for the benefit of the country going forward now we're in this it feels like very different place where we're told it's no big deal if we throw a former president and current republican front runner into prison for process crimes around around documents to our to our earlier point everything has to rise to the level of there is a harm something bad happened and there's an understanding of why you would take someone's freedom away Never mind. Also, ruin their reputation and and uh, and destroy some of their constitutional rights by convicting them as a felon. Uh, and and for a lot of people, the po- the politics of this are just overshadowing uh, whatever the legal arguments may be. And I think that's why when we talk about the pardon issue, it's really are you are you on that or not, right? Because you know you could make the case, for example, January six people Clay to bring it to that for a moment. By there, by statute, you can come up with ways of saying that they, you know, obstructed this or that, and you can give them all the maximums. Is that justice? No, that's not justice. They're getting unfairly hit because of the politics around January six. I'm talking now about some of the people who are nonviolent and who didn't destroy even yep. property, but were held in solitary confinement. That's disparate treatment, and this is where the concept of jury nullification also has to come in, which I. 
I, I'm thinking more and more that there's going to be somebody on this jury in, in Florida who's going to realize what all of this is. You want to get to some of our folks though? Cause we've got Let's do it. a lot of, a lot of calls up here. Let's do, um, uh, David in Scottsdale, Arizona. David, what do you got for us? I'm team Clay all the way. If Joe Biden decides not to run, I knew I love Scottsdale, Buck. When he <laughs> decides not to run, Newsom jumps in. Nobody likes Kamala at all. Team Clay all the way. Now this again, is this is just my theory. So Buck. just just I to just, be clear, you're going yes. to then have to be, and, and I appreciate that uh, that our our last caller agrees with Clay on this one. Um, Keep in mind, I'm the one who said that Joe Biden was going to run again and be the nominee and still say that. And we'll see where that ends up going. Um, and we have Bill O'Reilly. Uncle Bill will join us next week, who is still it's like he's holding on to that position. He says it's still you would have to have the first black female and also just, you know, separately, the first female period president. Yep. Um, so you're breaking, you know, sort of two glass ceilings, so to speak. And you'd run Gavin Newsom. To undermine her while president, because there's no way for Joe Biden to step down without Kamala being yeah, the president. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's this is the part of it, and you're going to run some primary, some slapdash primary. Gavin Newsom has no national infrastructure. Kamala takes over all of the Biden infrastructure immediately. I, I'm I'm sorry, folks. I know it sounds cooler to people. This is fantasy land stuff. Okay. Fantasy so land stuff. What I'm not saying that Biden would abandon the office. I'm saying Biden announces, like uh, Lyndon Johnson, that he will serve out the rest of his term, but he will not uh, go oh, into... Oh, you're saying he's going to let yes, it just turn into a... Whoa. <laughs> a free-for-all, right? And I think then, that's what gets... So I agree with you. I think the idea of, hey, we're going to deputize somebody else over the black woman who's the vice president is challenging, which is why it has to take place in the primary. Because remember, Democrats are the identity politics party, but they picked right. the oldest, whitest guy to ever this be is, the nominee this for is a party crazy. ever. This is crazy. The Democrats are not going to, the Democrat, the DNC is not going to say, we have an incumbent Democrat, let's get all in on a primary right now. There is no chance of this. I think this that is Biden crazy. is going to be forced, and if he is going to announce that he's not going to run, <laughs> Right? He's definitely running, too, by the way. So that's the other part. Okay. But. If he's not going to run, though, if he announces it next year, then Kamala has to be the nominee, right? I'm not saying he steps down and leaves the office, because you're right. If they elevate Kamala, then there's no okay. way so that's that one thing we had to establish, because I'm like, there is yeah. absolutely zero chance I agree with Kamala. So let's say if Joe Biden, God forbid, health reason, steps down, yeah. folks, it's Kamala, okay? This Gavin Newsom thing, that's not going to happen. There's no way. I think say, Gavin oh. Newsom would beat her in a primary if we had an actual primary. And you're right. He doesn't. I think he's got. Uh, here's my my thesis, Buck. I think Gavin Newsom has got an entire network built already that he could flip the switch on instantaneously to be able to run in a Democrat Why, primary he if there was a primary. Recalled in his own state. I got it. I got it. I, I understand. I think, I think this guy has slick talk. It's like he's poisoned your ear with this. Okay, so know. who do you let, – let's step back. Let's pretend that you got to buy stock in a Democrat who was going to be elected president, and you got, let's say, five-to-one payoff. Who is the better candidate for you to buy stock in? It's not that I think Gavin Newsom is amazing. It's that I don't – I think the Democrats have a really weak bench. Are you going to go with Pritzker? Are you going to go with – Warren or Bernie okay, or so there's multiple the multiple choice? tiers yeah. here. First of all, by making me do this Democrat analysis, this is like my poll question: Would you rather be eaten by a shark, an alligator, or mauled by a bear? Right? Like this I mean, is not. I'm just saying you've got money at stake. You get five to one payout if you are right as to who the next Democrat so, to be elected is. Okay, and Biden's so he, off the table. I'll go down my and now we're gonna open this up to yeah. calls because I'm sure a lot of people feel very passionately about this this topic. Um, eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. I have been consistent now for whatever it is, oh, two years. Joe Biden yep. will be the Democrat nominee in 2024. Okay, so put that, and I have not moved off that we're one taking bit. Him, we're taking that. him off the table, Biden off the table. Yep. So now we're doing what Mike Pence said he would not do, which is hypotheticals. Yes. So we're talking Which is, by the way, most of politics is all hypotheticals, and every political campaign is entirely a hypothetical because it's all about what you would do if you happened to win, which is why that I don't do hypotheticals in a say, campaign is so dumb. 
for I just, Mike Pence's purposes. Yes. I just, you know, bring up the name Pence and Clay all of a sudden. Oh, I'm still fired up about <laughs> this guy's answer. Clay, yeah. Clay's like, you know, looking for, uh, oh man. Anyway, um, okay. So on, on the Kamala thing, I'll put this out there to you. If, if Kamala Harris between now and 2024, uh, were to in any way ascend to the office of the president, the chance of the Democrats trying to change that for the election, I view as, as almost effectively zero. Okay. We don't if, disagree there. If the Democrats were willing now, so now we're getting into a third level analysis. If they were willing to say, you know what? Let's just may, have a made the best man or woman win situation. Biden's too old. Um, I, you know, I mean, look, Gavin Newsom is obviously a better politician than Kamala Harris is, but identity politics are very powerful. The Democrats, you know, there, there I start to feel like more like a coin flip, but I also think. The chance of the Democrats doing that, the power of the incumbency, which unfortunately Republicans have kind of lost sight of a little bit because of what happened in 2020, right? It was that was yeah. a big shock. The power of the incumbency is massive. And this is also why I've said as much as RFK Jr. RFK Jr., we haven't even had him on talk about this. I love what he says on COVID, which we both do. I love what he's saying about the border. We yeah. talked about it a little bit. I think you were actually out for a day or two. I'm like, okay, so now, now he's, now he's talking all the sweet things about COVID and about the border. Democrats are gonna, they're gonna undermine him with the machinery of the actual election process and getting on ballots and have, you know, in every way they can. There's no chance. A- am I wrong? Let's see. 800-282-2882. See what the folks think out there. And uh, remember, we got Marco Rubio joining them. You know, we should, we should ask a senator how he sees this playing out too. I think that would be interesting. Okay. Look, if your job requires you, to spend a lot of time on the computer, you know how finicky that device can become. As strong and sturdy as they seem to be, well, you could put thousands of hours without incident on it, but then one day, yikes, there's that panic, right? The device you rely on, you've got so much of your life on, just stops working. If you have a backup of your data, though, which includes documents, photos, emails, no big problem. With minimal inconvenience, you can access it. The one company we rely on for this is iDrive. They've been providing millions of Americans with a way to safely back up your data on their secure cloud-based servers. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. Not to mention iDrive is PC Magazine's winner eight years in a row as the best cloud backup solution for everyone, consumers, and businesses. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout for 90% off that for the first year iDrive.com. That's iDrive.com. Promo code Buck. Clay and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.